The following is a Just Green production brought to you by the Might Be News Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Thanksgiving edition of Might Be Brews, the podcast where we explore the people, places, and brews of the craft beer world. My name is John. With me, as always, Mr. Steve. How you doing, buddy? Do I go for my turkey impression now, or do I, I hold so. go it? Go ahead. Woo! I I definitely, Allison's definitely got it. She's got it. She's got it. She's got it down. <laughs> I'm so glad we made that a sounder. I, I searched all over for that. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. I'm glad we did that. Too. Yeah, the man behind the board, my brother Taylor. How you doing? What up? Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, happy everybody. Thanksgiving, everybody out there. One and all, guys. Um, I usually don't do this at the beginning of the show, but I want to just reach, like, tell everybody if you if you haven't yet, when you find our channel on your preferred platform, subscribe to it, like it, comment, share it, tell somebody, tell a friend. Really appreciate it. Uh, we'll go through all the other um, the other promotional stuff in a minute, but we have two very special guests this week: the uh, general manager and beer buyer from Bottle Room in Downingtown, Kerry Watson. How you doing, Kerry? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Happy Abs- Turkey Day! Happy Turkey Day! And uh, the market manager for Great Lakes Brewing, Seth Mathery. Seth, how you doing? Doing great. Happy to be here. How did I do with that uh, that last name? Uh, about as good as my teachers did in elementary school. <laughs> How do you say it? Horrible is what it, he said. It's Mathlery, the L Math-lory. before the E, which isn't phonetically correct. So. Okay. <laughs> I think I look I would, at I it. I would like, mess that one up too. Lazily, <laughs> just like, ah, oh, that's what it looks like. <laughs> let's uh, let's crack a beer. We got to get right to it. So are we going to hop right into our styling and profiling segment? Let's do it. Woo! Styling and profiling. So Woo! we are up to the check version, the check beers on the list that aren't exactly readily available here to us in the United States. And I didn't really want to go mail ordering anything because I don't like you guys that much. (laughs) So what we're going to do is we're just going to have a little hip check lager from victory and we're going to call that our, uh, our check versions. Is is that readily available or was that like a, uh, like a brewed pre flyer season or something like that? Or can you I, always get, this? they put it out all the time now. That's yeah. uh, I ran right down to, uh, to the Exton Bevco and you see it at your Wegmans and all over the place. Nice. And, and you know, I like the label. Yeah. It's got the, uh, the, the kind of flyers feel yeah. to it. The yeah. orange and black. I like ha- it. Oh, Taylor's still pouring. I almost went too quickly there. Good Lord. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. My, my favorite holiday of the year. We're just going to battle. We're going to have so much fun with that. Yeah, that, that's definitely a, a keeper sounder. Yeah, you got it. Well, I don't know about all that. I think uh, it's a it's a once in a lifetime thing. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> oh, we'll put, put it on all the shows. Fuck it. Right. It's, yeah. the, it's the new come on Kev sounder. I don't know. I can, I'm not sure what it is. Just, just I don't know how much you guys listen to the show, but like, I feel like uh, I'm not very well educated. Just to like have a decent amount of experience drinking, and uh, so I'm always trying to figure out like what it is in these beers that's a little bit different. What I'm tasting, and this beer in particular, I feel like it's got a nice clean beginning, and there's something in there that lingers. That's got like great mouth feel that makes it like very full flavored. But uh, it's just kind of lingering, and I really like it. And I'm wondering what what's different about this than like a, a another lager or something like that that does that. 
but I don't know. There's definitely a hop presence to the back end of it that I don't know if people quite expect when they're drinking lager or pilsner. That's probably it. Now, now, now that you're saying that, I am getting like that, that bitterness going on. I, well, I think part of that, too, is what Seth alluded to earlier. You get, you get a little bit of soft water there, and I, I feel like it translates to minerally as well for me, and that kind of sticks there you around. Go. Okay. Um, but also what you said as far as like, you know, I drink a lot, but I don't have a lot of education. That's what we all do. Um, I, education's overrated. Just try a lot of beers. Yeah, and, right. And you learn, I think you learn more by trying bad beers. So sure. don't always go for the best ones. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So I'd like to uh, get to know you guys a little bit. And um, one of the questions we always ask guests when they're on is um, try to go back to when you first discovered, um, you know, craft beer. And, and what was that experience like? And, and when was it? Um, that, that's actually an easy one for me because I got I got started pretty young. Um, one of my best friends growing up, um, his, his family was from Poland. And so um, his parents came over in um, early 80s, I think it was. And so um, when I was about 16 or so, uh, we used to go over to their place quite a bit. And my family and his family would all hang out. It wasn't like we were, you know, sneaking beers like the average kid. Um, his dad would, would open up, you know, really interesting stuff. You know, he, oh, this is a, you know, an English strong ale or this is a Belgian triple. And he would give us samples of it and he would throw meats and cheeses out there and things. So uh, I got started really early exploring a lot of different beers. I think the first beer I bought legally when I was 21 was actually West Mall Double, which is kind of an mm -hmm. odd one for a 21 year old to be, <laughs> sure. to be picking up for the first time. But um, yeah, so really early on, I was already kind of interested in a lot of different taste profiles and trying a lot of different things. I was going to say that's that's a hell of an introduction to get, you know, um, you know, Belgians like that with meat and cheese pairings. I mean, that's a. Uh that's a hell of a way to get initiated. It was cool. And they were, you know, they were, it's a, it's a uh, European households are a little different and they were very relaxed about it. Um, luckily my parents were on board with that too. Yeah, so, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I guess I should, I should tell them thanks. If I'm going to get them to listen to this, Chris Kuzevac is his name. I should tell him thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that, that's so crazy to think about, um, you know, in the position where your career is now, you know, that, that it started there and, and I'm, I can only imagine how it evolved into where you are now. It was a lot of drinking beer and it was a lot of people trying to derail it. And I just kept drinking beer and plugging along. And it took a long time to realize that I wasted a lot of money on school because I should have just stayed in the beer business because <laughs> right? that's where I was making my money. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I started, started young with it and I was always pretty responsible about it too, though, because when you're trying, when you're, when you're more interested in tasting cool and different things, you're a little less interested in going overboard. I feel, I don't, that was for me anyway, but yeah, it was a lot, a, a lot of trying, a bad, like I said, bad beers, good beers, yeah. uh, and developing a vocabulary that I think the reason I'm still in the job is because I developed a vocabulary that had nothing to do with any sort of judging or guidelines. It had to do with how I describe tastes. So I'm able to talk to people who don't necessarily know like a beer language. You kind of create your own. So, you know, if you can say, oh, this tastes a little grassy or this tastes a little, you know, peachy or something like that you can learn how another person speaks that beer language. And I was always able to talk about it that way. Works good for me. Well, I'm, I'm probably going to ask you to school us a bit, you know, and, and when, as we're tasting these beers, I'd love to hear what, how you would educate somebody on, on how it tastes or, or the, or, or what they would be tasting. So I, I struggle with that a lot where it's like, man, it, I know there's something unique here and I don't know how to describe it or I, I don't know what it is. I would just ask Seth. This. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Well, let's uh, let's push it over to Seth. Uh, Seth, do you do you have a similar story or uh, you know how you originally got into um, you know your first craft beer experience? Um, it's a little bit of similarity with the fact that it was someone who was close to me that that kind of set me on that path. Um, my dad always drank, you know, St. Pauli's Girl, St. Pauli's Dark, Newcastle, more of the the Becks of the Lowenbrow. That, that's was the craft beer for their day. They were the imports. There, there was nothing really else. But I never really saw him drink, you know, macro beer. So I was generally curious because of that, because when I would go to my friend's house and see their parents drink, it was Coors Light, it was Bud Light, it was Miller Light. And so it was definitely a different experience at my house. Um, fast forward about mm, six years, somehow I convinced my parents to let me follow a band around the country in between my junior and senior year of high school, Okay, which might still be one of the greatest feats of my life. It was the Proclaimers, and, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Angle Burton, the Humberdinks, 99 Summer Tour. Um, and while I was out on the road with, with, with a buddy or two buddies of mine, um, I think it was kind of synonymous with that community was the craft beer scene, the emerging craft beer scene. This is the summer of 1999. Okay. Um, and so you, you would see these, you know, there's a lot of people out there following them from different parts of the country. So they all bring beer with them and you start seeing it. And so I remember like, I think a lot of people would say is that Sierra Nevada pale was, was my first craft beer uh, in the summer of 1999. Um, that quickly went to magic hat number nine because we were camped next to a couple from Vermont in somewhere in Massachusetts and they had it. Wow. So my first two craft beer experiences were Sierra Nevada pale mm -hmm. while following a band around the country and magic hat number nine while following a band around the country. Yeah, wow. One of which is still a constant in my fridge at any given time. Which one? That would be the uh, listener's choice. <laughs> I, I got to know what the band is. Why are we talking about the band like they're... Uh, the band is a small band from Vermont. They're called Fish. You may have heard of okay. them. <laughs> um, I was going to guess that, but I, I was like, why are we not saying the band? Are they, are they going to sue us? <laughs> right. I really hope not. <laughs> I feel like we could probably have a whole podcast just like what you know stories about you on the road <laughs> <laughs> only if my parents aren't listening yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to that point in what I said earlier about the community thing um, Sierra Nevada and Six Point now make a beer for the band so I, I think they understood the correlation between the two and it's kind of grown with them over the years. So every yeah. year when they do their new year's run at Madison square garden, Sierra Nevada makes a Pilsner forum called foam. And I think that that kind of grew out of the connection between the fans and their preferred drinks. Sure. It's really interesting to see how um, the industry has found a way to connect with people like that. Like I was just uh, seeing an article on, uh, I think it was like breweries in PA but Levante teamed up with a uh, that esports group, oh, and yeah, they made yeah. a beer from them. And he mm -hmm. said they shipped kegs out to like Japan or China or something. I forget where. And um, I don't. Know, I just think it's really neat where that you know people can find a niche like that or or a way to connect with a community through beer. There's uh, there's going to be more of that happening. I feel like there's going to be more connections between breweries and and different events, sports. It's going to become a little bit more specialized. I think almost. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You see a lot of it with sports now, especially, you know, your Philly teams around here, but no. uh, pop culture, too. I mean, 
your people are running out of names. So, yeah, you know, you're, right. you're going for things that strike, you know, certain heartstrings with people too, you know, it's kind of interesting. I see a ton of that. I'm sure yeah. victory had a cherry and white for temple and that, that, mm. that kind of stuff's going to keep popping up more and more. Um, yeah, we actually just, or Great Lakes Brewing Company, just became the craft beer sponsor for the Cleveland Indians this past season. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Which was great for where I get to sit in the stadium. I bet. <laughs> are so, they, uh, they going to sponsor any of the football so you can get a, a helmet swinging pale ale or something like that? <laughs> I believe that's above my pay grade. That's above? Okay. <laughs> so uh, usually we rate these guys. Um, you know, we try to do something like untaps every, you know, two uh, quarter two five uh increments so uh i just absolutely love the way this is tasting it may, may be that i haven't had a beer in a few days um you know but i'm gonna go four two five i'm going solid four yeah it's a good easy drinker going four or five on this very approachable very clean very tasty and i love the label you guys don't have to if you don't want to you don't have to rate anything but uh i don't know i'm digging it it's really good i'm not what. i'm not accustomed to giving rating scores, but I will say that um, it's a really nice beer and we're lucky because, you know, if you want a good lager, there's a couple of breweries in Downingtown that you can get it from. So we're lucky to be so close to it, which is cool. Absolutely. I don't know what happened, but I've, I had this like transition a while back and uh, it's probably not the one you're thinking of, but <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the um, you know, I, when I first was getting into this, you know, I always talk about that story of having um sculpin at station tap room you know like even before bottle room was open and and that's what kind of uh you know opened my eyes to uh wow how how good a, a beer can taste which which wasn't that long ago you know and um you know just over maybe the last year or so i really started to have an appreciation for i don't know where it came from but just these loggers and you go to a place like east branch and now when i go to victory and can run down the taps i mean it's just there's so much good beer that i've been missing for so long because i started with ipas and it just kept going with ipas and hazy ipas and adjuncts and stouts and and now i'm kind of circling back to the to the the loggers and the pilsners and you know all these german styles that that you know i, I was missing but uh you don't know dude steve you brought chicken sandwiches I brought chicken sandwiches. Yeah, so, uh, you know, everybody's been, and this is actually going to be my first time. Fucking Popeye's chicken sandwiches. <laughs> so what we did is we wanted to kind of dip our toes into the, into the debate. Popeye's yeah. versus Chick-fil-A. So let's do it back to back. Let's hit them. Good idea. This is a fantastic idea by you. I've had Popeye's like chicken strips a hundred thousand times, but... And I've had a, a you know a um, a Chick Fil A sandwich probably just about about the same, but these chicken sandwiches I've not had. All right, well, get all the there. hype. Which one is this in front of me here? This is the Popeyes. Popeyes. We went. We got Popeyes out first. Um, to me, it's a little bit thicker. Just looking at it, the the breast is definitely a little bit thicker. The uh, fucking delicious. Oh, there's some mayo in there too, which is uh, unlike. Uh, yeah, it's not my. It's not usually my thing. <laughs> we got to get up in on the mic for uh, for you and uh, Allison while we're eating. I'm not doing that. Please don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. By the way, I have to say that you guys did a fantastic job uh, on the last episode without me. The pizza episode was fantastic. I enjoyed it. I wish I was there for the pizza. Some of it didn't really sound like it was up my alley quite 
you know, with the with the green peppers and things, but uh, green peppers and Brussels sprouts. Yeah, not into that stuff. But I had a cold a cold slice after. Yeah, the next day. The next day It was delicious. I like fantastic. The crust. I like the caramelized cheese. Shout out to that pizza. Oh yeah, yeah. Binge House. James. On, yeah, right? we had Binge House. Yeah. You guys did a, an event with Binge House once, right? Yeah, James came in and uh, he he baked off a whole bunch of pizzas in our in our oven and sampled them out in the bottle room. Yeah, that must have been a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I was full. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Uh, no, it was actually funny bringing those out of the kitchen. Um, you know, you got a room full of people and you can only do a couple pizzas at a time. And it was like a mob scene. It was like I couldn't get eight feet out of the kitchen door without you know people running me over. It's the same thing when we have a, a beer event and I got T-shirts to give out. Like, I feel like I'm, <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm going to get beat up before I, you know, if I give one to you and not him or something. Sure. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, the pizza's fantastic. He's such a nice guy. Such a cool guy. He was so much fun to, to to get to know him, talk about the pizza. I hope uh, I hope he eventually gets to you know open a spot and have a place because I think the pizza's that good. But just luckily, he's a beer guy too. He likes good beer, so it was a lot of fun to to sit down and talk with him. I'm just gonna throw this out there that I would eat a Popeyes chicken sandwich every single day. I would. So so what do we do here? Do we rate these chicken sandwiches? It's a do we- fucking. I think we're just doing back to back to back <laughs> and, and and see what what we like. I, you know, curious how their I'm curious how their spicy chicken sandwich would be. That's interesting. It's a little spicy. I, uh, yeah. I'm actually going to have to ask you for another piece because I feel like I got all breading, and I, and and it was not a good experience for me. I'll be honest. Well, there's a nice hunk right there. I did not like it. Really? Yeah. It was all. I was like, dude, this is all breading. I'm not getting any chicken. Oh, we'll try some of that white meat goodness right there. But the Look breading is where it's at on the Look fried that. chicken. Look at that white meat. Jeez, I miss the pickle personally, but somebody doesn't like pickles. No, I do not. We had to go no pickle for this guy. <laughs> that little, you have to suffer through it. That little, do that one. That one pickle will ruin the whole experience for me. The whole experience. If you take it off, everybody's like, just take it off. Oh, it's on the bun. It lives on the bun. I was kind of gone. I was kind of hoping they screwed up and accidentally put pickles on them. <laughs> one time, I the only time I ever freaked out at a fast food place, they um, they put a pickle underneath the cheese of a junior bacon cheeseburger, and that's <laughs> silly to me. As somebody who who is uh, gets everything ketchup only, right? I flip the bun on everything I get from fast food, no matter what. These pussies put it under the cheese. How am I supposed to find it there? They knew I was going to bite right into that fucker. I turned right around, went inside. Oh, dude, I was mad enough to throw that bag back there, but I didn't. I kept my cool. So you're telling me that you eat ketchup, but not pickles. Correct. That's There's, absolutely <laughs> correct. There's something wrong with that, man. Dude, I'll, I'll drown stuff in, in ketchup. I did, I did grilled cheese and ketchup. What is this, Chick-fil-A now? Chick-fil-A now. Yeah, this, uh, that, that, that was much better. But That bite? That, yeah. The second bite? But I'm really curious because... Uh, Nothing's blowing my mind, I'll be honest. Really? Yeah. So I'm really curious to, to try back to back with this. Are you comparing it to other chicken sandwiches or are you just No, just this the way that it tastes right now. Not really thinking about other chicken sandwiches, just whether or not I'm enjoying it. I'm all over the uh yeah. Yeah. It's Popeyes for me. It's Popeyes for me, dog. Yep. Yep. Hundred <laughs> percent. If I could put the the Popeyes bun on the chick-fil-a chicken i think that would be because the popeye's bun was a little more buttery and crispy mm-hmm. um but the chicken's just i think i think they pickle brine their chicken I which is funny mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 it's gross now 
<laughs> I don't know, man. Having them back to back, I think I do like the Popeyes better. I'll be honest. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm going the other way. Are you? If I'm taking the whole sandwich as a whole, there's something about the flavoring and the Chick-fil-A breading mm-hmm. that I like better. Yeah. All right. You're allowed your opinion. Yeah. Seth, I think I'm kind of <laughs> I think I'm kind of feeling an IPA. You have one handy by chance? Yeah. Yeah, let's wash this down with something. I uh I'm I'm really interested. You said there was a it was a, a new offering, I thank think. You, so uh, when thank you, you for bringing this when you ha- come back. We'll talk about it. John um, brought them too. It was just my idea. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, John. Well, thank you both for doing it. Yeah, we it's just, good. you know. It's good. It's a good idea. Carpooled and, uh, you know, hit a couple drive throughs on the way here. What's your favorite, like, Thanksgiving thing to eat during the day? Like, is it like non, non-meal? non Do you have, like, a munchie, like, leading up to the meal that you, like, eat? So, my family does a little bit of a weird thing. I don't know if it's weird or not, that we have what we call holiday soup. Okay. So our holiday soup, you might see it called Italian wedding soup. We called it holiday oh, soup. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, meatballs, chicken, escarole. Um, that's our family thing that we do differently that I make myself. And that's my, it's probably my second favorite Thanksgiving food of the day. Okay. Stuffing is number one. Mm. Stuffing inside the bird. That's my jam. Okay. That's what I look forward to. But the soup is definitely a close second. I love stuffing. But mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just mm-hmm. a meat guy, man. I I, I want turkey. Mm-hmm. Good turkey. Yeah. I, I'm a leftover guy. I, we used to do um, escarole soup, too, or uh, holiday soup. Um, yeah, I'm a leftover guy. Like, the dinner itself's great, but the next day, uh, I like making a sandwich, almost like, yep. a, like a Bobby kind of sandwich, you know what I mean? But I, I, I use gravy and almost like a Bobby slash French dip kind of thing. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's so good. Yeah. That's the best thing about it for it's me. Really good. Yeah. I slept I on the Bobby for a long time and it was just, I never really liked cranberry. You probably flattened it right out. If but you were then, sleeping on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just smoothed it right out. But once I finally get, took the took the dive in, it's a solid, solid sandwich. I'm not a picky eater, but I've never been a fan of uh, of cranberry. It's not really my thing. Yeah, it's not my jam. Like spicy food? Yes. You you can make cranberry sauce with, throw a couple of habaneros in it, like yeah. dice them up while you're making it. Just follow the recipe on a bag of fresh cranberries and then chop up a couple of habaneros in it. It's yeah, good. that's a good idea. It's good. I do like, you know, like a, a sweet Thai chili type thing, you know, where you got like a sweet sauce with some spice in there and everything kind of balances or plays off each other. The wife makes a jalapeno cranberry relish. That's like cold. And then you pour it over cream cheese. So you get a little cream mm. cheese and like on a cracker, mm-hmm. that's like an appetizer. That's a good, yeah, it's a quality app. Now, uh, Seth, uh, the beer you just uh, opened up for us that I said opened up. Listen to me. The beer that we just cracked. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say we cracked a beer, but um, can you tell us about it? What is it? Yeah, this is our new uh, American style IPA. It's been out since about April um, in this market a little bit later. Um, it is... Simcoe, Lemon Drop, Zaka, and Mosaic clocking in at 6.5 and dry hopped with Galaxy. Um, This is, we have never made a beer like this before. We've been in business for 30 years and we've never really put a beer like this out. Um, It went a lot of research on this beer um, to find something that everybody was happy with. Um, And we're pretty happy the way it came out. It's, uh, you know, I kind of come from the mindset of an IPA, show a little hot bite to it. 
it's an IPA. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think we balanced it well. And I think the tropical notes of it come out with abundance. And, and I'm really happy with this. Beer. <coughs> What's crazy is it's in a bottle and it's just <laughs> unusual anymore. Um, it is in a bottle. Next year, it'll be in a can. Uh, that is part of our offerings for 2020. So we are moving it into six pack and 12 pack cans, six packs in, in this market. It will be only the second core beer brand we have packaged. Um, we're moving towards canning. Uh, it's just a slow process for us with uh, our limited space. It's just weird that when you said like you were bringing out an IPA, that it just shocked me to see a bottle. It's just weird how it's how things have turned that way. I, I like it. To me, there's almost a good mix of the new school with the old school. Mm. The bitterness is there, but there's still some of those citrusy kind of hoppy notes to it for me. Uh, but I enjoy that there's a little bit of bitterness back in, in the IPA. Yeah, I love it. I like that it's bitter, but it still has a good, you know, some, some kind of citrus going on. And uh, it's not too um, too bitter, but uh, it's, it's kind of like a, it's very, very flavorful, but I feel like it's still going to be like an easy drinking IPA. It doesn't feel too heavy. I agree with that. I feel like the bitterness only really creeps up at the very end. I feel like the the whole front end of it is all that tropical flavor that you're talking about and mm. just very crisp, very clean, refreshing. And then that, that hot bite at the end, it definitely gets you by the jugular a little bit, but, uh, you know, it's really good. Yeah, it's I good. like that citrus at the end. That, that That's really good. Well, and what you said, crisp, it is, it's really crisp. It's really clean. Uh, and I liked it, you know, like Seth said, there's, there's a little bit of tropical fruit to it, but it's not dominating the beer. A lot of times these days, it's like you get all tropical or stone fruits and it kind of just eliminates the bitterness. This is, mm -hmm. this has still got a lot going on Yeah, <clears throat> as far as bitterness goes. So I enjoy it for that reason. Yeah. I like it a lot. I give uh, it, I give it a four. Yeah. Easy yeah. Four for me. I'm going to go four. I'm going four, two, five. Yeah. I'm digging it, digging it. It's really good. I'd like it's to delicious. give it a 10. <laughs> That's really good. No, I give, it, I give it two chicken sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to seeing this on the shelves locally and getting it again because I, I did like it enough that it, it's kind of crazy. We have so many beers here that a lot of times it's like, okay, I've experienced it, but I don't know if that's something I'm going to go seek out again. This is one that I'm actually looking forward to getting a six pack whatever format it's going to be out in and, and, and getting a couple. Cause uh, I, I do want to revisit this. This is really good. Yeah, it's really good. I would, I would get this. Are you, do you know, Seth, is it, are they going to do 16 ounce cans? Cause that's what crushes our market. Yeah. That's something that we are looking at the possibilities of doing right now. Are the most important thing to us was to get it out in any can package we could. And 12 ounce was the most available to us. So that's the path we're going down currently. Um, we are putting out our Dortmunder style lager in 16 ounce cans. Um, so that got, that got first since it was, you know, first and, uh, we're working towards everything else. So, so hopefully soon we'll be able to offer, um, all of our core products and, and both, uh, both packages. Nice. Is that lager the, your high seller? Is that it is, um, it's actually the first beer we ever made, um, in 1988 and, uh, it is our number one seller across our footprint. It's not the number one seller in this market. Um, that's Edmund Fitzgerald, but it is a very close number two. Why is our market so weird, Carrie? 
Um, I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, <laughs> I've heard, no, I've you know, heard, you're not the first person I've heard that, that this market is very different in when it comes to a lot of different things. I mean, I'll give you my take on it. Um, and I think, yeah, actually, Seth probably has a little bit grander take because he's more involved in the, a, a big brewery's distribution. But we have a ton available to us here. And um, for a long time, you know, this isn't a new thing that we've had a ton available to us. So you have people kind of got used to a beer scene here and it just, you know, sort of became a regular thing. And then you had a, a bit of a, a craze in the last, I don't know, five, seven years ballpark with, you know, the new England styles coming in and then smaller craft breweries popping up and they're, and they're creating, you know, in a lot of cases, good beer, uh, very different beer. So it's, it's reinvigorated the market a little bit, but it's, it's also, it's a new crop of beer drinkers uh, and they demand something that the older crop did not. Uh, and I just, I don't know. I think it's, it's a, the new England uh, IPA craze has really put a, a bunch of good styles uh, on the back burner. Um, and I think that'll come back around. I mean, I'm starting to see it at bottle room and tap room a little bit where it's still with IPAs, but people are like, ah, what do you have? That's, you know, a little, a little cleaner, a little more bitter. So it's starting to come around, but I mean, it's kind of like you, John, like the, the, you're, you're going, all right, I've had a lot of these. I want to try something new. Well, what's new to you is now, you know, Pilsner or something like mm -hmm. that. And I think it's going to go that direction, hopefully, because I, I really like a lot of these classic styles that, you know, mostly are, are tougher to move at a place, you know, like ours. Um, you know, you put a Belgian double on tap and it's a great Belgian double and you, you've got to sell it to every single guest. Nobody's looking up at the board and going, Oh, the Belgian double, I'll take that. You know, so. see, that's one of the first craft beers that I had that I, that I said, wow, this is, this isn't yellow fizzy. This has got flavor. This has got something different to it. And, it, and to me, it's even a more approachable style than maybe an IPA. Cause it doesn't, smack you over the face with bitterness with the way some of them used to. So that Belgian double to me is a good gateway. Yeah. I like, I like a lot of subtlety and I like, I like beer, beers with my food. So not that IPAs don't go with food or anything, but there's just so much in malt profiles that, that go with the foods. I like your meats, your, your Turkey at Thanksgiving, if you will, um, that, you know, it's a lot harder to pair a hot profile with a, a roasted meat or a caramelized meat or something like that. So, you know, you have all these IPAs that, it's just a blast of, of juicy, grassy, herbal hops. You know, it's kind of hard to find a good balance between that and my turkey <laughs> for me sure. anyway. You know, like they clean your palate well if you're, you know, you got some gravy stuck there or whatever. They're lively. I don't know. But um, yeah, Belgian double uh, barley wines, all those kinds of things are great, especially holiday beers. But it's it, for me, pairing it with food, I need to go a lot further than just IPAs because I, I there's a malt profiles are ignored right now. Malt's almost a bad word, uh, which is funny. Um, there's, you know, there's technically there's four ingredients in beer these days. Most of them have six and seven, yeah, <laughs> but, <right>. <laughs> but uh, you know, and malt's one of them and it's a bad word. You know, like you hear somebody say, Oh, it's a malt bomb. It's malty. Uh, yeah, this is malty. Well, okay. okay that's okay. great. What's wrong with that? You know, there's, there's not a problem there, but well, that's a, a great transition. Cause when we come back from our break, we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. What are you having with your turkey today? I got a couple beers that I think might go well with turkey. I uh, brought one or two. I did not bring any turkey. I did not roast a turkey for this evening. Right. I apologize. Wah, wah, wah. Chicken worked. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after the break, we'll get into uh, some of our Thanksgiving uh, beer pairings. 
So we'll see you after this message from Unomia CBD. Hey, it's Jackie from Relatable Radio. I want to talk to you guys about Unomia CBD. This stuff is great and it helps with my stress and my aches and pains. I've tried everything I can get my hands on from the gummies, pills, droppers, drink enhancers, and they're all fantastic. And they work. Holidays are coming up. Give the gift of Unomia CBD. It's 100% THC free, nano amplified, and third party lab tested. You can find them at unomiacbd.com. That's E U N O M I A C B D.com. Use promo code MBN and you'll get 20% off, plus free shipping, plus free stuff. They're giving exclusive stuff just to the MBN listeners. So what do you have to lose? Go to unomiacbd.com today. Must be 18 or older to purchase. So you've been listening to the Mighty News Network, but you still can't get enough each week? Become our patron on Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash Network to become a patron and get exclusive content now. For as little as $5 per month, you'll get access to extended episodes of all your favorite shows, as well as perks including MBN merch and monthly giveaways. Just want to support the network? Become a patron for as much or as little as you'd like. Get bonus content each week and head to patreon.com slash Network. Your contributions help us make this network bigger and better than ever before. Patreon.com slash Network. All right, everybody, welcome back to Might Be Brews. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hope you guys are enjoying your Thanksgiving with your loved ones. Maybe you're listening to us as you're carving your turkey. Grab his dick and twist it! And you're grabbing your significant other's dick and <laughs> twisting it. Oh my god, dude. Good old dick twist. This is Thanksgiving, dude. Dick twist. This is an MMA fight. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving dinner. It's Thanksgiving dinner, Rob. <laughs> so speaking of Thanksgiving dinner, let's talk about some beer pairings for Thanksgiving dinner. Now, I'm not a huge knowledgeable beer pairing. I kind of pair what I think makes sense and go through a couple different things. I was looking on a couple lists online. It cultivate some ideas. The fact that some of these online sites will say, well, this beer pairs well with turkey. This beer pairs well with green beans. This beer pairs well with sweet potatoes. It's all well and good, but I'm probably not going to have six different beers with my Thanksgiving meal, the main plate. I think you're doing it wrong. Am I, am I, doing it wrong? Do I need that many. I don't know if I have that big of a table. So most of the things I was thinking were, I kind of break it my day down into three parts. We got our pre-meal. You're cooking, you're getting ready. I'm going to be drinking that hip check lager. That's probably going to be my my pre-meal. Uh, I'm still cooking. I do a lot of the cooking, so I'll be running mm-hmm. around the kitchen. That's what I'm going to be doing for my pre-meal. For my during the meal, I'm going to do something like this Belgian double. So I got a Trappist Rochefort number six. Nice. We can uh, pass around here. Um, I think it should go well with the roastiness of the turkey it's it's got enough carbonation and booziness to kind of hold up to the rich food it's not going to get overpowered Mm. but your flavor isn't going to dominate the food i don't think everything's going to be trying to to one-up each other i think it's going to work kind of harmoniously interesting you know my favorite time to drink is uh is cook while cooking i don't know why but i love cooking and having a beer and you know sipping it and you know you're kind of like too busy to just sit there with the beer on its own but I just have a blast. I have a tendency to forget about my beer as I'm cooking. I'll open my beer, I'll have a couple of sips, and then I'll turn around like a half hour later. I'm like, hey, I remember I had that beer. 
but maybe I'll try and be better about that this year as I'm making making my turkey. What do we think about the uh, that attempted pairing? You got to kind of visualize turkey in your head as you're drinking it. No, it makes sense. I, I, I like I like what you said about um, it, you know, matching the roastiness and not being too overpowering. But uh, that's just it's a fantastic beer, and and, and yeah, like you said, balancing out the uh, the richness of of the other food. Wow, it's delicious. That's good beer. And and this is a beer that can, when I think about it, it kind of pisses me off because that thing sits on a shelf. You can go pretty much anywhere right now and grab it. And people were just like, walk by it. Eh, eh, Trappist, Rocheford. Eh. I mean, it's not like aesthetically pleasing to look at. Oh, it's not. Uh, it's not sexy like a lot of the uh, no. the cans that you're seeing. I would. On I would like to. I'm. I'm probably going to get some after Thanksgiving to try with turkey. There I bet go. it would. I bet it would pair well with the turkey. And there's a lot of Belgian doubles out there. Oma Gang, uh, Abby Ale is, a, is another one that's that's readily available. I don't know if I'm too familiar with the Belgian double. No, we haven't had a whole lot of it. No, we I'm looking at, I'm looking at you guys because I don't know. We did. <laughs> we did the the Oma Gang double barrel. Mm-hmm. Double. Yes, which was incredible. Which was really good. The um, West Mall Double and St. Bernardus Double are, are my favorites. Um, the one that everybody tries to go after, a little fun fact, um, is the uh, West Flattern uh, 12. Mm-hmm. And to my understanding, uh, St. Bernardus 12 is, now we're in kind of quad land, but similar, just a little bit bigger and warmer. Um is pretty much the same beer, and they just kind of diverged many, many years ago. Uh, have you ever heard that, Seth? That's kind of, to my understanding, what... Uh, I've, I've heard that, too. So it's, yeah. Uh, also, fun fact, St. Bernard's 12. You should drink that with your turkey as well. It's going to be awesome. Um, one in every 10,000 labels, the monk is winking at you. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. I never... It's never really subtle. That I found one at Bottle Room one time. I was no like, way. yeah, I got one. Uh-uh. And no one cared. I was like, well, I got it. <laughs> I got it. See, in my mind, he's already winking. Yeah. And I wonder yeah. if that's just my mind <laughs> thinking that I'm one in 10,000. Yeah, maybe Yeah, maybe you think everyone winks at you. <laughs> we actually, we were lucky enough to do a Belgian day, not here, but uh, just at a, at a bottle share. Mm-hmm. And I had some West Vletterland and we did St. Bernardus. Did mm-hmm. we do St. Bernardus or did we do? I think so. Or did we do the Rochefort? I don't remember. We had maybe four different both. quads and we had them all right in a row. And I did like the West Vletterland better. But it was negligible between that and the, the St. Bernardus, I think it was. What do the numbers mean? <clears throat> like this one has a six on it. What does the 12 mean? I think, I think to my understanding, it's degrees Play-Doh. But I think Seth can divulge on that a little better. <laughs> what, what does that mean? I don't even know what that means. Um, it has to do with the gravity of the beer, um, which also is indicative of, of what your ABV is going to be uh, for the most part. In, in the beverage as well. Um, so it, it just kind of, it's kind of a way for the Trappist to differentiate the ABVs on their beer. Okay. Um, for, for the most part. Okay. So a 12 would be generally higher APV than the six then by that rationale. Perfect. But yeah, by, by that logic. Sure. Okay. Very cool. So this is what I'll be uh, trying on Thanksgiving. I saw a couple other suggestions on some brown ales, um, some scotch wee heavy ales that kind of thing mm. um, different options for your thanksgiving turkey mm. i found the picture there I'm, I'm a little late but you know i'm really looking forward to uh i've got a couple bottles of that uh brew gentleman table beer 
that I'm really looking forward to cracking that and kind of having that be a something to sip on all day. Those guys make some seriously good beer. I haven't had a ton of them, but the few that I've had have been really incredible. Um, I had a couple. I was out there years ago, and I had a couple saisons uh, from there that were pretty outstanding. Yeah, uh, we we uh, the kind of brew fest. We were there, and, and we uh, we had that table beer, and I think that was my favorite one. I drink. Of, of, I drink what you gave me. Yeah, and I I liked it a lot. Did you? Yeah, I, I did. As much as the Kirshner's brothers, uh, the brothers Kirshner's Summerande. No, mm. no, not quite. You know, I left that crowler there. Did you really? Yeah, that's a real shame. Dude. I know. That's a real shame. That was disappointing. I enjoyed that immensely. Me too. It's really good. Maybe they kept it for you. Real quick before we rate these beers, I just want to say something. Uh, number one, due to the holiday, this is going to be a little bit of an extended episode. We're going to do the whole Patreon thing just for everybody to hear. Everybody's getting the hour and a half. Yeah, thank you for listening. Thanksgiving time. It's that whole that whole thing. The next thing I want to say <clears throat> is that um, after this episode, uh, I am releasing the soundtrack for the Might Be News Network today. Um, it'll be, if you have... SoundCloud will be on SoundCloud, iTunes, it'll be everywhere. I'm going to package it in one nice thing so you can just put it on, press play, and 45 minutes later it'll be over. <laughs> is it a, is it, so it's not a playlist, it's one track. No, I'll just make it one thing for everything, and then it'll be What on, is it? it? It's all the... It's all the, uh, the intros? It's all the intros. Everything for all the shows, uh, the commercials. As we're sitting here... Uh, in this time-space continuum, I don't know exactly how long it's going to be or how many tracks it's going to be, but, I mean, there's six shows on here, so at least six plus, I don't know, another ten maybe. What about Sounders? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm putting together some, some special little pieces for, yeah. yeah. I wonder if anybody will actually take the time to like try to download it and cut it and make a ringtone or something like that oh for the sounders you yeah mean? oh if you um, just like put it all out like that so shout out to all of our patreon people i'm working on a couple things for patreon that i haven't mentioned on any of the other shows um i'm working on phone wallpapers with all the different shows and i'm working on like downloadable sounders ringtone whatever things oh nice so keep an eye out for that as well as the wild card game show. That, I, I was going to ask, do we want to, uh, to to tease that a little? Oh, yeah, you can tease that. That's coming out, uh, I don't know the exact date. And I'm kind of thinking about no matter when we record it, I might save it for the season finale of everything. You know, season two, that's how we end it. I, I, I was trying to figure out a way to break this news, but I'll just do it this way. I'm kicking everybody's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news. I just everybody's uh, getting crushed. I just uh, I just wrote the rules um, for it, and I'm really excited about it. It was hard to. I've never developed a game show before. <laughs> I've developed a bunch of podcasts, obviously, but I've never developed a game show. So, like, this was the kind of a challenge for me, and um, it. I really can't wait to do it. So, to give you guys a background, what we're doing is uh, that we, we there's what six seven shows on the on the podcast network, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the shows they decided in their their uh, extended Patreon half hour that they did a like, are you smarter than a fifth grader kind of quiz? And it ended up just being absolutely hilarious and a ton of fun. So we decided to try to do a uh, 
like actually do a game show that we'll do once a month where we, d- you know somebody from each of the shows maybe will represent or th- three people from the podcast network will be there and what's neat is uh we've got this pay th- these patreon supporters and we do we try to do as much as we can to give back to them where we do monthly giveaways as it is uh we give them a bunch of freebies when they sign up and things like that but each each one of the players in the game show will be representing somebody that is a patreon member and uh whoever wins the person that they're representing will get a, an, an extra prize that month you, you pronounced that wrong it's pronounced steve <laughs> <laughs> whenever steve wins whenever steve i thought wins. you're gonna call me out on patreon because it absolutely drives me crazy when yeah. jackie says patron <laughs> go to patron.com like to no that's not it it's because she doesn't say patron she's like patron <laughs> Right. I usually call it Patron. Yeah. 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 It's, it's what delicious. it looks like. It's, it's what it looks like. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really excited for it. It's going to be uh, hosted by Allison. Shout out to Allison. Woo! <laughs> uh, shout out to Allison with the turkey noises and everything. And uh, for hosting the wild card, it's going to be a blast. Before we get back to beer, I do have to say something else about the network. And uh, um, I, I have to say that Jackie's um new advertisement for eunomia yeah is fantastic you like it if you can tell i just threw up my mouth it's really hard for me to say something <laughs> nice about her but uh it's actually really good and she did a good job thank you I, I don't let her hear this i'm really pr- i'm really proud of her for it she wrote it herself you know no way yeah she did she you, did bonus points yeah like we we sat here and worked on it together and that was uh yeah that was she she did a couple dry runs and filled in the blanks and yeah it was really good I'm working on an, on a new commercial for the holidays coming up, so be on the lookout because I did get a dog CBD. Working over, I'm about to order some more stuff, and they sent me freebies. Everybody that's ordering stuff on uh, from from Unomia, um, you, you just heard it in the in the, uh, the advertisement. Use promo code MBN for Might Be News Network. You get twenty percent off. You get free shipping, and they're just putting extra shit in the package when they send it to you. Yep, yep. So it's if awesome. you're using the promo code, they're giving you free stuff. Yep, absolutely. Is there a difference with like dog CBD or they just put it in a clever treat? No, it's it's well, there are there are dog treats. So one of them uh, that, that I didn't order, I didn't even see it on the website, but it must be a new product they're going to carry. It's actually like a, a meat and cheese ball type tr- type treat. So it, it's like a bacon and cheese. So it smells awesome. Like I almost want to eat it. Yeah, I'm thinking that like, well, I can get these little droppers of like oil that tastes like dirt. But dogs have meat and cheese treats with yes. CBD? That's yes. nonsensical. So the, the one, I guess like dogs probably would get turned off by like the natural smell of cannabis and things like that. So the one that's for dogs is a lower dosage and uh, it's salmon flavored. So it's not something I'm going to be, you're going to catch me dropping straight salmon <laughs> juice into my mouth. You know, that'd be disgusting. You do what you got to do. Yeah. But uh, but my dog loves it. And, uh, and so far, like her deal, we're trying to get her to put on weight. Um, but she's eating it, you know, she's, uh, we, we put in her food, we toss her treat every once in a while, and so far everything's, you know, looking good, so, um, but yeah, E-U-N-O-M-I-A-C-B-D.com. Steve, did you have fun at the uh, Reading Royals game? We had a great time. With Unomia? It was, uh, it was a little bit of a boring game. Yeah. But the kids had a great time. Cool. They do a lot of cool stuff for the kids there. They're throwing t-shirts, and they're, you throw pucks on the ice and try and get them to land in the circle. Oh, and that's cool. My littlest one was screaming her head off like a like a banshee um but it's, it was fun uh it was a zero zero game mm. until overtime mm. 
So there wasn't a whole lot of goals going on. There wasn't even a whole lot of fights going on, hmm. uh, which is usually you'll see at least a fight or two down at the Reading Royals. I'm glad you guys had fun. That's good. Well, we did. The seats were fabulous. Yeah. Well, you saw the picture. We, yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, that's right. I was five rows up and dead on the center line. That's, that's great. Couldn't ask for a better seat. That's great. So it was a great time, and uh, thanks for those guys for uh, for hooking it up. Yeah, I'm looking forward to going down there. So, Steve, what, what beer is this? So this is the Hofbrau Dunkel. So we got a Dunkelweizen. And the idea of this beer was when we enter our dessert stage of the game. Mm. I'm thinking about an apple pie, mm-hmm. uh, something to 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 highlight those that cinnamony, raisiny appleness of when an I, apple pie. When I think of raisiny, I think of you know like the Belgian that we had earlier, like the double. Like that's the the flavor that I always think of with those. Uh, for me, dessert. I'm basic. I'm going to go like just the thickest stout I can find. Well, I, I have that option too. Um, you know, to me, if I'm having that pumpkin pie, maybe I want to hit that stout yeah. area. Um, but, but this is uh, something I, I might try with the uh, mother-in-law's apple pie. We didn't rate the last one. The, I don't know how to pronounce this. The trapsters. The, the who? This one. Say, say it. What is it? Trapiste. Trapistes. Trapiste. Trapiste. It's Italian. <laughs> is it Italian? <laughs> it's fragile. Trapiste. It's Italian the, for beer. Travis Rochefort. <laughs> for beer. For beer. Uh, I give this a six out of five. Easy. I'm just kidding. I give it definitely a four, though. It's really good. I go four or five. That's that's a, a great Belgian double. Four, two, five for me. Mm. Now we're under this. Now one. we're under the dunkel. The dunkle. I, I haven't. I haven't sipped it yet. The dankle. <laughs> Hofbrau. This, I, I I like the Hofbrau beers because they're actually very um, nostalgic for me. Uh, I was like twenty two. I went to the Hofbrau house in uh, in Munich, and it was the coolest experience because I wasn't a you know accustomed to like huge beer halls at that point. I'd never been to one. Um, and you know, big leader mosses and people literally singing songs, stomping their feet, you know, smacking mugs together. Um, the, the, the servers there are pretty impressive. They can carry like five or six of those one liter mugs oh, yeah. in each hand. It's pretty insane. I've, I've seen it online, but it's usually the fails that, I, <laughs> that go viral. <laughs> Just think of all the beer that they get out without the fails. Right. I'm sure it's a lot. That's insane. I can't imagine, uh, you know, because they don't look like they're giant like bodybuilders or anything like that. But that's a lot of weight that they're carrying, you know, arms bent. I, I don't know how they do it. Better than I. Yeah. <laughs> Better than the people you see on the Internet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Those are the beers that nobody cares about. The one that the ones that make it to people's tables. Yeah. Right. right? Nobody cares. <laughs> how do you guys think this kind of beer will line up with a with a dessert? I could see it with that apple pie because it's 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 lively and it's not going to stick on your palate where apple pie is kind of, you know, it's gooey and whatever. This is like a palate cleanser between bites for apple pie. I could see that working out for you. And I like that this is a little bit lighter because chances are you're going to be full out of your yeah, mind yeah, by the yeah. time you get to dessert anyway. Yeah. So sometimes that thick stout might be just a little bit too much when you're that full. I don't know if my palate's already a little messed up, but I, I just didn't get a whole lot going on with this and like you said like a palate cleanser i mean it's pretty light it's pretty straightforward and i feel like it kind of did that for me um you know but nothing stood out where i was like oh man this is just a, an incredible beer i mean it's 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 well balanced it's you know an easy drinker um and it's interesting to try a style like that but it's not something that for me personally was whoa look out it is do you want it to be a whoa lookout when you're having your dessert 
or do you want your dessert to be uh, your lookout and this to yeah. complement it? Good point. Good point. But I, I agree with you. I think it would be something perfect for for a dessert dessert round. So that's it. That's our uh, Thanksgiving beer pairing uh, suggestions. Nice work. Nice work. Great job there. I hope everybody uh, enjoyed their Thanksgiving. Had a good one. Yeah. Football, beer, food. That's that's my Thanksgiving. That's every all you year. really need. Every year. It, 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 um, when we were growing up, John, it was like always going to the grandparents' house, watching football, doing all that stuff. You know, and uh, like, oh, you got it. What? What are you talking about? Point out. So, yeah, I was just trying to find a, a good. Hey, he's got one. Okay. Um, the uh, where was it at? The grandparents' house. Yep. Doing all that stuff. Football, beer, food, all that stuff. That's just like every year. And then, um, what are you doing? What was everybody doing this year for Thanksgiving? Let's talk about that. Nothing. Nothing. I'm. We're doing. Uh, are you Are you hosting for nope. anybody now? I don't even think I'm going anywhere. Really? Yes. Which is the first. Huh. Robin, um, you know, my wife, she works for Wawa and she's kind of picking up a split shift to kind of like make sure more employees can can be off. So she's like going in early, but also staying till like six or seven PM so that uh, you know, she can kind of cover that shift. But you know, we're doing um we're doing the the Thanksgiving thing with, with my side of the family. Uh this, you know, or whatever it was last weekend. And then this Saturday after Thanksgiving, we're having a bunch of people over uh, just for like a get together. So we kind of have so much going on that we might actually just pass right over Thursday. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to uh, well, my dad's coming up from North Carolina. Uh, our brother's coming down or up down from New York. Yep. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> we'll probably just eat at we're, we're eating at Jackie's parents house. Uh, her mom always does up. Great turkey, great food all around. Her stuffing is delicious. Um, they're not real like big into craft beers though, so I'm probably gonna bring my own, which is gonna be awkward for me as like the novice <laughs> that I am. But I'm gonna definitely pick up some of these, the <laughs> trapists. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go in there and ask for that specifically, like that. Yeah, Do you guys, picture. You guys have any of the trapists in here? <laughs> Trapeze six, please. Uh, but yeah, no, it's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be a good time. Steve, what are you doing? You're you're cooking. cooking. Uh, I'm hosting. Uh, I got the in laws coming over. Uh, my wife's uh, brother and wife, and I'm doing the mashed potatoes, the turkey, the stuffing, the soup, the green bean casserole. Going for it. Nice. Haven't had it. How about you guys? I know. Uh, I'm headed to um, headed to my girlfriend's parents uh, for dinner there. I'm actually looking forward to it because. They're really fun people, but I've never met my girlfriend's sister or brother-in-law. Um, so I like getting drunk with new people on yes. holiday. Um, unfortunately, I have to temper it a little bit because uh, to be up early the next morning. But I did that to myself, work thing. So <laughs> I was uh, I was going to hit that a little bit later, but that's a good segue. Uh, so if you're listening today, there's an event going on at the bottle room tomorrow. I don't know if there will still be tickets for the early part available. Um, but why don't you tell us what you got going on down there uh, tomorrow? We do a uh, a Black Friday Imperial Stout tap takeover. Uh, we put on eight Imperial Stouts that are um, pretty, usually pretty hard to find. We've got some some pretty cool highlights. Um, I'd say Cigar City Marshall Zukov's Double Envelopment, which is a rum and sherry barrel blended um, rum and sherry barrel aged blend of Imperial Stouts, um, is a, is a pretty amazing one. Um, 
We've got 2016 uh, Nebraska Mother of All Bettys. That's I'm looking forward to that. And DeMullen Heaven and Hell in uh, uh, Bowmore Barrels. So I think that'll be cool. But we have we have a really nice list. It's probably the nicest one we've ever had. Um, those beers will be on all day tomorrow. So, so uh, you guys are also doing like a brunch before that? We do. We do a ticketed brunch. Um, you'd be amazed how many people we cram in. Like we had, we bring in extra tables and everything. Uh, you'd be amazed how many people we cram in there. I think we have probably about 35, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're eating a meal in front of you with a mm-hmm. flight of beers and, and what have you, um, it takes up some space. But you basically, um, uh, Chef Lex is, uh, I like to call her Brunch Master Lex. Um, she, <laughs> she, awesome. She's a, a breakfast king, or well, queen, I should say. Um, and she puts together a big plate of very filling breakfast. Um, there's confit pork belly on there. There's a brisket and a biscuit on there. There's an egg sandwich on there. There's lots of good stuff. And then you get three five-ounce pours uh, of your choice from the draft list. Um, and then you have access to it until it starts at nine you have access to that list until 11 when we open to the general public um and we usually have a really fun day um i encourage ubers yeah i'm sure (laughs) i'm sure all those beers are are heavy hitters but even if you're not going down to the to the brunch the ticketed part if you're going out and you're doing your bourbon counties if you're doing your free will for the ralphius um Definitely stop by afterwards and on the way home and uh, and check out what they got going on. Lots of good, lots of good beers looking like they're going on. Yeah, and bring me Ralphius because I'm going to miss that. Um, Archie, I need I need Ralphius. That's the free will rep. I need I need Ralphius, buddy. The uh, I saw a salted caramel, I believe, this year, which sounds amazing. And I saw another one with a special coffee, but I don't know the coffee's name because I'm not a coffee guy. I think it's Kopi Luwak is what they're doing. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I'm trying to get my hands on some too. We're pouring maple Ralphius for the for the event. So if you miss all the other ones, you can get maple Ralphius. Is right. Ralphius a Black Friday release? Yes, that's nice. the free will mm-hmm. bourbon stout. Yep, and they do the couple different variants of it. They also do which I might like better, the Ella, uh, which is their quad, which is fabulous. Yeah, fabulous. Nice. So what are we pouring next here? Beer that Carrie brought. This is uh, New Glarus Serendipity. Um, New Glarus is in Wisconsin. Um, to the best of my understanding, they still don't distribute outside of Wisconsin. Um, they make a lot of different beers, but their their fruit beers are are world class. And when I say fruit beer, I don't mean um, you know puree with lactose in an IPA or anything. I, I mean like a straight up fruit beer. It's not. It's not sour. It's just a fruit beer. And most wow. people don't really consider them, but most of the ones you have aren't as amazing as New Glarus's fruit beers are. I think this is a great beer for today as well. If you're, you know. Yeah, good probably, call. Yeah. Um, but it's sweet. It's almost desserty to me. You know, it, it's very sweet as mm-hmm. well as uh, as sour a little bit. But uh, man, it's that's delicious. It, it's a, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I guess I don't have a lot of experience with fruit beers, but. I go into it thinking it's going to taste like uh, like a sour. It's going to taste like uh, like you said something that's been fruited with with lactose or something. But it's just a fruit beer, like you said. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy. There's a little fun fact about New Glarus that I just find mind blowing. Uh, when we get the rankings every year for total beer sales for craft breweries, Yingling is always at the top because they're still considered a craft brewery by um, industry standards. New Glarus ranks 16. They only sell beer in Wisconsin. Wow. 
That's, that's incredible. That's I don't know what that speaks to more, but it's kind of mind blowing when you think about yeah. it. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, this is a phenomenal beer. Yeah, it's fantastic. Like I went to Wisconsin. I had such a good time there. Good Lord, I think what is it? Spotted Cow. I probably had a hundred of those just because it's on tap everywhere. And um, I found the coolest. I forget what town I was in, but I found the coolest little uh, you know brew pub. I had a bunch of awesome beers on tap, and I was sitting there having them. And I started talking with the uh, with the owner, and he's like, "Well, where are you from?" I told him I'm like outside Philadelphia, and he's like, "Oh, that's crazy." I'm getting ready to go to Belgium with the guy from Monks. I'm like, that's that's a small world. It's kind of crazy. I mean, I guess I, I don't know who 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 it is you met or where, but um, the the folks from Monks are they're known all over the U.S. So yeah. I mean, if you're if you're big in the beer world, you probably know them. Um, I don't know them. <laughs> yeah, <me either. laughs> Um, just pretend you do uh, Tom, right? Yeah, Tom, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tom, me and, yeah, yeah, no, me and Tom. We go, we go way back. <laughs> well, I gotta get into this beer a little bit because I'm almost a little angry that we're having it here because this is a beer that I want to like sit and think about, like as I'm drinking, like I want to just be alone with it. And and fruit beer is the perfect description for it but it's also it sounds too simplistic but that's what it is it's fruit and beer like you said it it's not lactose it's not the lactose kettle sours that you're used to it's a fruit beer that's got balance to it it's got sweetness to it but it's it's really good i love the nose on it it's so inviting and uh and it's it's it's, it's an experience like you said i think this is something that be nice to take your time with because the nose is crazy i, I just I don't have any experience with beers like this. So it's kind of blowing my mind that I'm like, this is uh, this is an experience for me. I'm really digging it. I, I, I think oh, I'm sorry, Taylor. I was just going to say, I've never I've never tasted anything like this before. Um, it's blowing my mind. You guys are talking about, you know, I, I feel I agree with you guys about wanting to take your time with it. But at the same time, um, I feel like this is the most chuggable beer that we've had on this show <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> like i could i could just guzzle this down i feel like this is borderline the capri sun of of beer <laughs> like that's just that's how I, you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. i could just chug this down like a capri sun pouch just squeeze it in my mouth it's done like it's this got, is really good it's got something that makes me want to go back and take another sip immediately too. yeah it is a little mm -hmm. dry maybe mm -hmm. on, on the finish yeah I think the thing I love about it too is, uh, I mean, there's still just a touch of like a, a spicy hop note that hangs around there to mm -hmm. remind you, like, hey, you know, it's just not fruity. It's 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 still hoppy too. It's still not yeah. aggressively hopped at all, but there's a, a little hint in there. God, that's good. Yeah, that's uh, that's such an interesting beer. Instant classic for you. It's an instant classic for me. <laughs> it's an instant classic. Five out of five. Clear cut. Go to the week. I'll send. Uh, <laughs> I, I have some other ones. I think I, I have at home still. I'll send uh, if I can find a Wisconsin Red. That's their straight up cherry beer. I'll, mm. I'll send one of those Ooh. your way so you guys can okay. try that. Ooh. That's they make a raspberry tart, Wisconsin Red, serendipity. Um, I'll I'll try and send another one your way so you guys nice. can try another. That'd one. That'd be awesome. It's it's funny seeing apples, cranberries, and cherries on this. I thought I tasted strawberry at the, uh, when I first tasted it. Yeah. But then when I looked at it, I was like, wait, I do get apple. I took another sip and I was like, wait a second, I do get cherry. It's like, it's all there, but it's it's just so harmoniously put together. Yeah. that's a That sounded really douchey, didn't it? No, no, but no, you're right. It did a, it a little bit, be honest. It's very it sounded a little douchey. It was yeah. beautiful. It was beautiful. a little douchey. This, this beer's put me in a uh, in like a romantic mood. I'm uh, 
we can, we can get into it. <laughs> and I'm done. So I'm going. Um, I'm I'm definitely going to do like a four or five. I'm going four seven five. I yeah. dig that thing a lot. It's delicious. So um, we're, we're well, I guess we're we're not, we're not running out of time for. Yeah, let's take a quick break. You want to take a break? Take a break, right. and then you know, uh, I don't know what we'll play during this break. We already got our commercials out of the way, but we're gonna take a break anyway. Yeah, we'll be right back with more. Might be brews. <laughs> I know that's your favorite. Love you guys. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, that was like, that's probably, honestly, that's one of my favorite moments of this season so far. Yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. It was from the Kenneth <laughs> Brew Fest. So we were doing Kenneth Brew Fest, and, and we did, I don't know, like maybe 10 back-to-back five-minutes. You know, there's just so many people there and so much going on. So we would, we would just like we're doing, we take a break and we come back and like the first couple times we're like, all right, and we're back and we're here at Kenneth Brewfest. And, uh, Taylor's like, you have to stop saying, and we're back. So we, we're pretty good for a while. Cause I'm not playing commercials in between each yeah, one of these interviews. Like when we're you're listening just, I'm just going to blend it together. Even though we had 15 minutes in between, <laughs> yeah. you know, so Steve was, I think carrying us pretty well. And I, I started to get, you know, feeling pretty good with, with getting beers in me. And uh, so we come back and I'm like, and we're back. Shit, I'm not supposed to say and we're back. And I just <laughs> I go right into it. You're like, like fuck it. You, you told me not to say that. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> it was fuck. like the best fuck it. <laughs> like it was perfect. It was that might like be a, a nice sounder right there. Yeah, I might have to pull that one. Yeah, we'll have to see if it's uh, how clean it is. Just fuck it. <laughs> Straight to the point. <laughs> but yeah, that's the way we like to do things. You know, we, we don't want to spend a lot of time editing. We don't care if we're not the best broadcasters. We're just here to have fun and and drink beers. So, um, Seth, if you don't mind, give us an introduction. What are we drinking here? Uh, this is our 2017 barrel-aged smoked imperial porter. Um, we specifically make this beer to barrel-age it. Uh, it is by far one of my favorite barrel beers we do, and it seems to be a crowd favorite. Um, but it's it it drinks really easy for its ABV and for the amount of time it spends in a barrel what is the abv i didn't catch that i actually don't know what it is i wasn't sure if you had said it or not uh i don't see it quickly but i'm scared um i'm afraid of i've only had a few smoked beer uh, experiences and they're usually not good so i'm a little scared of it but um the nose is fantastic because i'm getting like chocolate i'm getting some smoke and uh you know it's kind of like campfire almost I, i'm i'm really curious what it's going to taste like don't be scared <laughs> don't be scared if you're scared I, go to church john <laughs> <laughs> i almost got like a little leathery kind of 
scent to it. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good call. I, I've I've said before I'm a little sensitive to smoke beers. The smoke hits you up front on this for me, but then it it calms very very quickly for me. It dissipates. Dissipates. Uh, it like it does. It hits you right up front, and then it goes away. And I don't know if that's the barrel coming in to kind of temper that for me. It's. I don't think it's all that. I don't. I don't think it's hitting me up front only. I, I'm. It's lingering. I'm getting smoke through the whole ride of the beer, the front, the middle, the end. It's just kind of like, for me, it gets lingering the whole time, and I'm trying to pick out the barrel from there. I like it. It's really good. I, I like it because a lot a lot of times you have a dark beer that's smoked and the smoke is present but kind of dominated by these big, bold, roasty malt flavors. Where here, this is almost akin to a Roush beer for me. Like it's got great smokiness, like like you said, John, campfire, like it I don't know, it's and it's it's not a heavy, sticky body or anything. I mean, I guess barrel aging will mellow that out, but um really delicious beer yeah me. no i i do actually like it um i was really worried about how the smoke flavor would, would uh would affect it or how much i would like it but my, my second pass at this i'm getting a lot of that smoke up front and as it does start to fade a little bit i am getting that barrel i'm getting a little bit of sweetness and and it's helping balance it out and i think everything kind of rides out through the end and like a well-played you know, um, orchestra almost like everything's just get the, in, at the right spot, the right amount, and it finishes uh, very, very nice. Yeah, I actually just checked, and ABV is eight five, so it's not ridiculous. It's still in that realm where you're not gonna drink the bottle and then curl up in a ball and fall asleep to West Wing reruns or something. But um, <laughs> it is it is enough to get the job done. Oh yeah. The bottle looks like a double digit, just the, the way it looks, like a double digit ABV. It's a scary bottle. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's intimidating. It is scary. <laughs> Don't be scared. I feel like this is like a good, you know, post dessert beer for like a Thanksgiving, you know, event, like where you've been kind of you're you're looking to maybe maybe get the night started, you know, because Thanksgiving dinner it's early afternoon for a lot of people, right? It's like you know afternoon it's not normal dinner time so like this is you know maybe winding down or trying to get amped up to go do something else afterwards but this is something that i would definitely drink like after a big event you know take my time with it it's really good it's almost (laughs) like a post event cigar Mm -hmm. in liquid form yeah yeah exactly that's kind of the vibe i get from it yeah i like that a lot so I wish I had a cigar with this. <laughs> right. and now, now, in my head, I was wondering if I had a cigar with this, would it be too much smoke? So I'm not. I, I don't know if I would do the cigar. Would you do a cigar with it? I don't know, but I was just thinking. You know, with, we're talking about all these food pairings, and I'm, re- you know, I'm still new to it. I was surprised, like when we were doing all those cheeses and meats and things like that on the Belgian day, how much it could help, like accentuate a beer. And I'm really curious, like how a piece of smoked meat would do with this. Would that like completely kill, you know, the smoke flavor that you're getting out of the beer? Would you would you taste different flavors because you've already like set your palate up for the smoke? You know what I mean? I, I just think it'd be interesting to try. Not not that they're necessarily meant to be paired together, but it would be an interesting experiment. Uh, it's funny you should mention that because we actually, as a brewery, recommend this beer is paired with barbecue ribs or pulled pork mm, okay. or pulled chicken. Um, 
the reason is that we think the smoke enhances the smoke. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. But not in a way where it's overwhelming. It just balances each other out. Um, I've had it with with ribs off the smoker before, and it mm. definitely lets the flavors as it warms up, especially come out a whole lot more. Sure, so, I could see that. You know, if you if you almost uh, have the smoke of the meat or the smoke of the beer first, maybe that's gonna. I don't know if cancel out's the right word, but you know, when when you go back to the meat or you go back to the beer, that maybe the smoke doesn't come through as much, and you're starting to to get those other flavors. It'd be interesting to try. Absolutely. We uh, we're talking about pairing uh, beers and stuff with with food. Um, Jackie and I, she's not really into the craft beer. My wife, she's not really into the craft beer. Um, but we've been trying to get into to wine. Like I'm, you know, trying different wines and stuff like that. And the last time I went out and picked up some wine, I talked about this on Relatable Radio. I thought it was really cool. I went I went to the Giant here in Exton. Not the one in, by the mall, but over here where uh, the liquor store is connected to it. And I got a couple of wines, but I came out. And the reason that this is works for the show, I walked past the deli and they, where they have all the cheeses and stuff. And they had this like nice little pack with like three different kinds of cheeses in it. And they called it a cheese flight. And at the top, it had the different beers that went well with the different cheeses and the different wines that went well with the different cheeses. And I I had the the wines that went with it, but I'm next time I go back I'm gonna try and get some beers that would go with it because they really did like bring out the wines like it made it so much better just having that with it you know what I mean so I I could imagine like the barbecue going really well with this the the cigar going really well with this even just like you said John sitting next to a campfire would I feel like bring this to a different level you know I. It's a four. It's a four or five for me. I like this beer a lot. It's really good. It has a lot of diverse tastes. You know, a lot of diverse flavor profiles to it. Um, for a porter, I feel like it's one of the more approachable ones. You know, it's not overpowering. It's not terribly heavy. I was gonna say the opposite. I mean, I'm always the the type of guy that goes. Uh for the crazy thick stouts, you know, I just mm-hmm. like the heavy hitters, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm surprised um, how how good of a mouthfeel this is, like how how thick it is, kind of for uh, for a porter. Uh, and it's I'm really glad that I had it. It's a lot of fun to drink, but at the same time, I know what I like, and I think I would still go back to like you know just having a, a traditional stout. But um, but it's a really really cool beer. It was a lot of fun. I'm going I'm going a nice four on that one. It's more one of the more natural smoke does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah because exactly. a lot of smoke beers get that liquidy smoke which mm-hmm. i really don't like but this this is more of a natural smoke that i liked a lot better speaking of wine um bottle room has been featuring wine a lot more lately you guys do your wine wednesdays what's that been like for you uh are you ordering that stuff at all well, first of all, I want to point out that Taylor should have been buying his wine at Bottle Room, not whatever. I felt like you wanted to jump in when you started talking about it. No, I wanted to jump across the table. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will next time. <laughs> it's, uh, well, you know, so uh, there's a lot of lot of answers there. Um, I don't personally do the wine ordering. Um, uh, Kate does the wine ordering for Bottle Room. Uh, she does a fantastic job at it, and she works very well with our wine rep. Uh, Hudson Austin from Wine Merchant. Um, 
we we've spent a lot of time kind of building a wine program there. Um, our reps been invaluable in, in helping do so. Um, we do ticketed wine tastings on what is usually the first Sunday of every month. Uh, we bend around Eagles games and, and holidays because okay. uh, we're a big Eagles bar too. Um, but you know, interestingly for me, you know, I've, I've been working in beer for like 20 years. Um, but I've never really had to sell wine and I, I don't know wine as well as beer. Um, I'm constantly trying to learn more, uh, try more wine. You know, it, it's kind of like, like this, like we, you know, we sampled, you know, what, five or six beers. Um, and it's kind of easy to sample. I mean, beers. when you go to sample wines, it's a little different because you can't just, you know, grab like a 12 ounce bottle and split it. Yeah. Ways. Like you're yeah. buying, you know, five, six bottles of wine. And once you open it, you're drinking that bottle. So it's hard to try a lot. Um, but yeah, it's a fun learning process. We do have a cool wine selection there. Um, I think I, I lean more towards reds, but interestingly, I thought I did not like white wine and I took a couple classes with our rep and found out I really like Sauvignon Blancs quite a bit and, and oh, things wow. like that. So um, I'm not as adept at helping people choose pairings with wine as I am with beer, but I'm getting a lot better at it. Um, and I always encourage people like, hey, man, if I send you home and it sucked, like come in and tell me I'm a fucking knucklehead, like I'll fix it and I'll, I'll go back to the drawing board. But most times I get good feedback. So nice. Yeah, yeah I'm, I think I'm the same way where uh, I, I try to stay away from the whites or I've just never really been a fan of them. I, I really do like red wines. I don't drink them uh, that often, but that's the way I like to go. It's like a nice, you know, warm, uh, just deep body red wine, you know, but uh, that, that's interesting. I'd be curious. I think it'd be fun to try to do like a, a tasting and um, like some education. You know what I mean? So it, it sounds took, like a road trip. Yeah, absolutely. Field yeah. trip. <laughs> It, it took me a lot to, because you know how I was saying earlier, like I, I describe beer to people in like terms that make sense to me and that I think I can relate to them with. And it's not like they're, you know, alien words or anything, but like it, uh, there's nothing, there's nothing technical. And wine is a different experience because some of the flavors cross over to me and some of them are things that I don't really experience in the same way with beer. So I've kind of, it's been a learning curve trying to explain what I taste or what I think people are going to taste in that. Um I much prefer <laughs> talking about beer with people. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm right? more comfortable <laughs> with it, but yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's gone well. The wine, the wine and the ciders and things are, are doing well there too. Yeah. So. Nice. Well, um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you guys, cause both of you bring such, um, a, a big, you know, such, such a large amount of experience being in the craft beer industry for so long. Um, and your words, I guess, how do you think the industry has changed? over the years uh, from like when you started to where it is now? Um, so in my experiences, um, I started out as, you know, beer tender at, at Victory and I worked there for about eight and a half years. Um, and then I went to Waywood Beverage for eight and a half years where I did uh, warehouse and delivery. Um, and now I'm at Bottle Room where I'm kind of buying and also bartending again. The biggest difference to me is actually in the bartending end of it. Um, years ago at Victory, um, you know, people would come in and you know, just like bottle room, we have a lot of regulars, uh, you know, their name, you know, their face, you know, what they, you know, what they like to drink. Mm -hmm. Um, people would come in and there was no, there was no social media aspect involved. It was look at the tap list, talk to the bartender about the beer. What do I like? What should I try? Boom, boom, boom. We have a good conversation about it. Uh, if you already know what you want done and easy, if you don't know what you want, I'm going to tell you. And I'm pretty sure that if you can describe what you like nine times out of 10, I'm going to get it right. Usually on the first try these days though, it's a little different. It, I, I, it's, it's more of 
look at my phone, look at the tap list, look at my phone, look at the tap list. And they're just, mm. I'm just the medium through which after they've made their decision. Um, it's not always that way, but it's one of the biggest changes. Social media um, has done great things for expanding people's knowledge of beer, um, uh, their passion for beer, but it's also some ways taken some of the human element out of it. Sure. Um, and, and it's commoditized it. Is that a word? Commoditized? Yeah. <laughs> instead of, instead of like people want to sell it more than share it now too, which is interesting. Um, but I think that's the biggest change in the business. Um, being a buyer is different than being like, I, my job is to sell beer that I think the masses want. Um, and I don't always, it doesn't always coincide with everything that I want to drink. Um, so I have to keep that in check. Like, I, you know, I see beers on, on distributor or I'm sorry, wholesaler lists that I'm like, Oh, that would be so good. But you know, I look at the price point, I look at the style and I go, you know what? It's not a good time for that. So that's kind of something you got to keep in check. It's, it's like playing asteroids too. Like coming at you from all angles, like every rep comes in and like, I'm a captive audience. Like there's some restaurants where you have, you know, a beer buyer or who's a GM who you know, isn't behind the bar or isn't in a, you know, tiny little room. I'm a captive audience. So when they come in, like I can't get away and they're going to, they're going to sales pitch me and they're going to, they're going to kind of, and, and it's great. Like you meet a lot of cool people, but it's definitely like asteroids. It comes at you from all angles. They all want to talk to you about volume buy this. And then, you know, if you do well with this, we'll give you this. And they try and dangle bait in front of you. Um, it's, it's a weird business. It's a shell game kind of putting your eggs in certain baskets at certain times to try and play it strategically. Um, I think we do all right about it at bottle room and tap room. But. Yeah. I love both bottle room and tap room, especially the beer lists. Cause I, I always think that uh, I always end up finding like fantastic beers there. And I know you guys for sure do a good job recommending beers to me. Cause a lot of times I'm not really sure what I want. I might say, Hey, I'm IPA mood, but you know, what, 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 what's good, what's different. What do you guys have that kind of thing? And, and you always do fantastic. But I, I always think to myself, that the way beer has gotten where there's so many breweries opening, there's so much more competition out there that for buying beer, it's got to be a lot more difficult because not only are you getting, you know, um, the, the distributor that's showing you a million different beers that you can potentially get and, uh, and there's new stuff all the time, but also there's independent guys that you're, you know, that you probably want to help out, but not sure if you should or, or if you can or that kind of thing. You know, is, is, do you have the space for it? I just don't envy that job. It's, it's definitely it, it's there's a huge saturation right now. And the trick of it is, is, you know, the independents are a little easier to work with when I want something cool from them. Like, yeah, man, you bought a few kegs from us last month. Like, we'll give you something cool. We're happy to. Uh, some of your some of your beer reps are cool like that too. I, I have to be honest, like Seth's really great like that because, you know, he doesn't demand that I buy 900 kegs to get, you know, maybe this Imperial Smoke Porter. Right. Um, he goes, you know what, this is a good beer place and I want it to represent my beer. Uh, but many times what you get is, you know, if you want to get this cool beer, we need you to drink, like sell this, 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 and this, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so what I would say to people out there is, man, like, if you want to see that gnarly barrel aged beer from some brewery, man, drink their drink their Pilsner or their regular IPA when, you go. when you're out of place because this is how places acquire those beers. We have to sell these other things. Um, but yeah, it's it's a juggling act, man. And I think interestingly, like like I said, I think from my end as a buyer, it's a lot different than what Seth's probably about to tell you because he's he's on the other side of it. Um, 
technically we should be enemies, but we're not. <laughs> <laughs> right, sure. We're frenemies, I guess is what you call that, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, Seth, you should expand on that because it's a different side of the coin. Yeah, um, building on what Carrie said, from from my point of view, my number one job is to rep- represent my brand. Um, and that means getting out in front of buyers, in front of bar owners, in front of patrons and, or patrons or whoever else. Patreon. <laughs> <Yes>. Patreon. <laughs> to, um, you know, let them know why we, and I personally think that our beer is, is a good beer to have on draft. Um, where that's gotten more complicated over the last, I'd say, I don't know, five to six to seven years is that there's so much noise out there. There are so many people in the game. Um, we have in the past two years surpassed the numbers we were pre-prohibition when beer was very much a neighborhood by neighborhood thing. We're beyond that now. Um, that creates different challenges. Uh, being a bigger brand, we face the challenge of not being local in this market. Um, and I'd be lying if I said they didn't, that didn't hurt us to some degree. The difference is we are, you know, when I go into an account, I study that account. I know what their draft list is. And so I can go in there with a better understanding of what they need to have on draft that they don't have on draft. And that's kind of how I, I move. Four years ago, I wouldn't have had to do that. I could walk in and say, hey, we're Great Lakes. We make really good beer. We're a big brewery. We have good keg prices. And everybody knows who we are. And we would, we would get the placements that way. So now we have to be a little bit more strategic and a little bit smarter and a little bo- a little bit more flexible. Our beer hasn't changed. The market has changed tremendously. And it is a struggle for, for brands like us. But in that same breath, it's also a lot of fun for us because I get to go out there and meet these buyers and talk to them and meet the beer drinker and meet the people that are buying our beer who think the world of us. And I don't think there's any bigger compliment in the industry that someone can come up to you and say, you know, unprovoked, hey, I really like your beer, or I really like this beer, or I, I, I've i been following you guys for 30 years, I love what you're doing. Like, that means the world to me, and and we we try to pass that on to everyone else in the organization. Um, but yeah, it, 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 there's a lot of challenges out there these days for, for, for bigger brands and for smaller brands. Smaller brands run into issues of not being able to accommodate everyone who might want their beer or the fact that they're going to make more money selling in their tap room than they are, you know, at, at, at station or, or wherever else or bottle room. Um, and, and that has to be taken into consideration. So the game hasn't changed as much as it's become complex. You know, we went from checkers to chess pretty quickly. And I think we're all struggling to figure out where we fit and how we fit. But at the same time, we're trying to make the most of it and the most of our opportunities and the most of the experience. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a totally different game since I got in about six years ago. It, it's crazy to think about that the, uh, the competition is so fierce. And when I first started um, really getting into beer and especially started doing this podcast, I keep referring to it as a bubble that has got to burst somehow. And, and I, and I unfortunately think it's, you're starting to see it happen already that there's breweries that are trying to get up and going and they're open a year or so, and they're having to shut their doors because there's just so much competition. 
Well, the other thing too is like, you know, some of those breweries, not all of those breweries, they breweries open and close for lots of different reasons, but some of them are kind of late to the party, you know, like, right. and I, like I said earlier, I'm starting to see people order, you know, draft, like IPAs, like, you know, I'm a little worn out on, on the hazy. What, like, what do you have otherwise? Mm -hmm. So you have breweries that are still trying to open up and do, you know, the New England IPA as, as their focal point. And they're, they're maybe a little late to the party. So I think that, and if you don't, if you're not, there's so many of them out there that if you don't do them perfect and wonderful, how do you compete with all the other ones that do do them that well, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the one other thing I wanted to point out too, that I think another, uh, while Seth was uh, talking, it, it, it made me think about um, a lot of the reps that come in and talk to me. I think one of the hardest things is, is in the beer business, most people are really cool people. The hardest thing for me with all that competition is telling 10 and 15 really nice people no you know oh, i can't imagine it, it, it kind of sucks you mm -hmm. get really really good uh, guys and gals come in that want to sell their product and they want to see their brand do well and they care about it and you have to tell them no and it's mm -hmm. it's a it's a it's a weird uncomfortable thing it's if it's something that they better get accustomed to because you can't sell your beer in every tavern you walk into yep um but that's something that i find to be one of the most awkward that's why i don't like being a captive audience because you know if i know that so and so from such and such brewery came in and i'm not going to buy their beer i wish i could just duck and hide and then yeah. they could send me an email that oh man it went to my spam <laughs> 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 but it doesn't work that way because it's such yeah. a tiny little place and there's only one employee or two employees in there and i'm stuck there you know yeah absolutely um, yeah, just real quick to, to boat on that. And what Carrie says is right. And I don't know if anyone listening is thinking about getting into the beer industry, but um, especially in the sales. I am. As you're talking, yeah. I'm like, oh, this sounds like a cool job. <laughs> Sometimes your job is cool, but but you really do have to have um, thick skin and not take it personally and understand that whereas it is a very desirable job, I will say, um, to previous things I've done in my life, it doesn't mean it comes without consequence or without rejection. And if you get told no by a buyer once, it happens. Carrie has told me no before. It's it's not, you know, and if it wasn't a beer that was right for bottle room or station at that time, but I don't take it personally. It's it's business. And chances are if you go back to that person again with a different offering at the right time, they're gonna put you on. And so there is a little bit of resiliency that has built up in the industry now you're not getting the yeses you used to get so you do have to be a little bit more creative and, and not take things as personally i just can't imagine i mean it's such a um a crowded market it's got to be such a difficult job on both sides of it but um one of the things that that really spoke to me i was watching a documentary recently and, and bill uh from victory was on it and they asked him a similar question like what do you think about this craft beer bubble and he said, like, I don't even look at it that way. I think that there's so many people out there that are potential customers and potential beer buyers that us as an industry need to do a better job um, educating and getting out there in front of people and getting them to try their first craft beer, you know, going for their first Prima pills or their first, you know, whatever it is that's, all, you know, something other than a Coors Light and a Miller Light or whatever it might be that they're drinking and open their eyes to the world. So hearing that from him to me was like almost inspiring where I'm like, you know, he almost gave me purpose. Like we have to do this podcast to, to, you know, help the, uh, the industry get along or whatever, like we're even doing anything, but 
you know, so, but you know what I mean? It, it, it was really cool to, to hear him say that and be like, wow, you know, that's, that's, that's gotta be the motivation. I think if everybody gets butthurt about somebody else taking their, their space on a shelf or their tap list, it's not going to get anybody anywhere. But if everybody continues to, you know, work together and, uh, and, and try to just, you know, expand the brand and expand the, the reach of, of craft beer in general, you know, I think that, uh, that everybody can, can live together. It's still weird to think about. We're still the niche. Right. If you sit outside Exton Bevco, you'll still see more cases of Coors Light going out than you will people buying a mix six. I think you'll see craft seltzer now. You'll see that stuff more than the craft beer mm-hmm. coming out. Yeah. And and that's sometimes us being this heavy into it, we don't think of it that way. There's still millions of people out there that they're gonna go buy their case of Coors Light a week and that's it. Yeah. I, I think big beer would be more than happy for small craft breweries to fight amongst each other for shelf space and, mm-hmm. you know, and patrons, patrons, uh, and things like that. <laughs> patrons. Yeah. What's our last beer of the evening here, John? You got us. So we've been sipping on it for a little bit here. Yeah, I got a um, from Trillium Brewing Company made a, a trip up there recently. And um, this beer is called Wild Sinister Kid. It's an American wild ale aged in wine, red wine and bourbon barrels. And this one is aged on double sour cherry and Malbec grapes. There's a lot going on in this beer. It yeah. is. <laughs> it's a no for me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say it's a no, but there's a lot going on. There in is. This beer. And uh, I had I had not this version in particular. Uh, I had one there, like a five ounce pour, and um, absolutely loved it. And I grabbed a few bottles. This one in particular um, isn't really doing it for me. There's there there is a lot going on. There's some very intense flavors. It's interesting, but I feel like it doesn't balance that well. There's stuff that hits you hard, and then there's like spots that come in kind of thin, and it it just you know it's not as well rounded as I would hope to be. And I, I don't want to know what I paid for this little bottle, but um, <laughs> tril- sure it's forty seven ninety five. Yeah. Trillium. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually so the the aroma on this one, I I, I kind of got this hint of sort of nail polish remover and I was a little bit worried, but mm. in drinking it, I actually kind of like it because uh, it's got really good cherry flavor and it's also like the Malbec kind of peeks through to me, which I think, cause I think it's Malbec grapes. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. And it kind of peeks through a little bit. Um, I, I wouldn't, you know, it's not perfect or the best sour I've ever had, but I actually kind of enjoy drinking it aside from the aroma. I get that little bit of nail polish remover kind of thing. Yeah. There's definitely something like that going on. Yeah. The aroma is horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> It's not as bad as that one we had with Dana. God, that was just, I don't even know what it was called, but geez. That I don't was remember. What was an it? An abomination. I don't remember which one it was either, but it Good was. Lord. Oh, the one that was that cat pee. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah that was oh, terrible. It was, the, it was more than cat pee. Dude, it was like all the cat pee. Yeah, I've never had all a nose on it. a beer be like that. <laughs> like all of it. I don't, it's, it, they said there's bourbon in this too. I get no no bourbon. I don't yeah. either. But I'm wondering if this red wine and I'm wondering if, if it went bourbon into the red wine and then into the bright tank. Because if that's the case, I would have done it the other way to ensure. Yeah. A little, if you're going to advertise the bourbon, I want to get a little bourbon with it. it. it, pop, it yeah. Is it separate barrels or do you think they did like a barrel that had bourbon and then red wine or vice versa and then put beer? I would have I to think it's double work. barrel. Yeah. I, I just I, I see a lot of logistical issues with one barrel with wine and bourbon. I don't know. How, it does say barrels plural. So yeah, I, I would assume it's it's one aged for half the time in one and then half the time in the other. But 
if if they went bourbon wine, they should have gone the other way. <laughs> they do have cool beers, though. I'm trying to think what the other one was. The the Mosaic Dry Hop Fort Point was pretty good, and the um, it was another one that was like Riesling. You did one of the yeah Riesling grape double dry hop something. They're just very interesting beers. You know, I don't. I hate to say it because uh, I, I was such a big fan. At one point, I felt like I always compare the two, but Treehouse versus Trillium. The Trillium was the better. And lately, I feel like it's turned. Like the Trillium stuff hasn't really, at least for my own palate, done the job. And and I prefer the the Treehouses, but it's kind of interesting. Trillium also expanded a little bit last year. So I'm wondering if, if that might, a little bit of growing pains going on and, and moving on up in the world. Yeah, I'm. They did. Uh, what they move? Did they open up a place across the street from their like downtown location? Yeah, they opened. And, I think they opened one, if not two, places last year. Yeah. Um, oh, there's this is like a farm or something yeah, too. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I don't know, man. I I went to Treehouse almost back to back, like two weeks apart from one another, and I I I found new places at that brewery that were open that weren't there two weeks before. Like they're constantly expanding and adding on new places to that building, and I just they must just print money, man. Oh, it's, they, it's so crazy. They're gonna the projections I've seen that they're that Treehouse is gonna do almost seventy five thousand barrels out the front door, and that's crazy because that's the only door they're in. It's insane. That's who I makes mean, this beer. No, this is Trillium, but I I talk about the two of them a lot because like one they're an hour and a half, two hours from each other. Uh, you know they're both Massachusetts breweries, but they're uh, Trillium not so much. Treehouse like they don't you, you can't get a keg anywhere. Mm. You can't get their their cans anywhere, their bottles anywhere. Then the actual brewery in um, I forget where they're at Charlton, Massachusetts. Charlton, Mass, yeah. That's the only place you can get that beer. So the, you know, and then Trillium, I got this one from Canton because um, I, I I actually have never been to their uh, their downtown Boston. Um, facility but the uh the canton stuff i mean but but you know i i stopped at um armsby abbey and worcester in between the two which i love that place they always have a ton of hill farmstead on tap worcester and worcester. uh yeah i figured out how to say it finally and Stage uh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh they always got hill farmstead on and they get trillium kegs i know kegs of trillium get out there at least a little bit but um yeah it's just it's it's i just the thing that always blows my mind is when you walk into Treehouse and you see that stack of cans that's 500,000 cans wide and, you know, a million cans tall. And they've done an excellent job of, of, you know, with their lines being what they are, they've kind of like supplemented that by putting the pizza oven in there. And then there's hiking trails behind the place. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I were on our our first anniversary trip and it just happened to be halfway to vermont so we stopped sure um and she got to take our dog out walk around with him on the trails while i waited in in, in line for beer for a little bit and i thought that was such a smart thing to do that is yeah. now it's like all right dad's dad or, or you know craft beer mom is gonna go wait in line whoever's not in line is gonna play with the kids or the dog or whatever and there's, there's things to do like you're not just standing in a parking lot or mm. in a line you know in in the doing nothing like that you have options I thought that was a great idea yeah so i've actually never been to treehouse but wait are you telling me that i can put my lawn chair out and then go for a hike is that is that the way of this <laughs> i can put my lawn chair out and hold my space are they a lawn chair type of i've uh, never uh, seen a lawn chair I've, I've probably been there <laughs> six or eight times to the new location 
Uh, I, and, it's yeah. the first time I ever had Treehouse was actually at Armsby Abbey. Um, oh, I, don't, yeah? I don't know if they still get it or not. This was years ago, but um, yeah, I'm pretty positive I drank it at Armsby mm-hmm. Abbey on my way across Mass. Yeah, um, that's such a cool place. And then uh, the other times I had it, um, my friend Beth uh, took an internship at Sam Adams in the barrel room, actually, and she was bringing um, those 750 milliliter swing top. Mm-hmm. growlers home yeah and um that was a, the second time i ever experienced it um and now like you know we got you know people bring it in bottle room it's kind of nice working in bottle room people bring a lot of beer to me so i don't have to go get oh, it yeah. um we got we got one fellow um uh anthony uh that brings in uh green or very green for every eagles game which is cool it's only one can but like we all get the sample at yep. every, every game which is nice um but, that's a little thing that i never experienced before bottle room is every once in a while somebody will walk in and uh, just you know hand over a couple cans, and uh, and share something you know around with everybody. But uh, just the it's one of my favorite spots because I just love the people in there. And even you, Carrie, like before we really knew <laughs> each other, surprisingly, even you. I swear that yeah, right. No, but it, I'm surprised. It's crazy that like you <laughs> I don't know, like myself. No, no, but what was cool is um, you and I had barely interacted, but like maybe the third time I walked in there, you're like, "What's up, John?" And it's like, how the fuck do you know my name? You know what I mean? But I think you're like just that good at your job and care enough. He had your credit um, card. Yeah. And he just looked around. <laughs> you know, that, that's the truth. So, you know, as a bartender, I, I get people's credit card to start their tab until I know who they are. But that's also like if you've come in there 20 times and I'm still asking you for a credit card to start your tab. My apologies. I just can't remember your name. Like, <laughs> like that's all it is. I trust me. I, uh, well, convert. Like, I can't remember the numbers. Don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, that's how I get people's names. And it didn't. You know, I guess it didn't take as long because it depends. You know, some people you don't interact with as much. So, like, if you were sitting at the bar and we were talking about a beer or something like that, like that stuff rings in my head pretty good. But um, I try to remember people's names. I think the older I get, the worse I get at it. Um, well, I think you're probably the best there. Um, Tim's very good as well. But I love going in there. And there's another guy that I've seen like once. And he was like, I've worked here for like five years or, or, or however long you've been open. And <laughs> I was that, like, is that Corey? Maybe. He's a hell of a dude. He he works like he's like once every few weeks. Like, to yeah, film, like I'm like, are you new? You know, <laughs> and he's like, dude, I've been here since they opened or something like that. It, it was so funny. But uh, but I just, you know, especially if somebody who's who's new to craft beer wants to get into it. I really, you know, w- would tell you to, to go check out Bottle Room and spend some time in there and talk with Carrie or, or Kate or Tim, or whoever's working the bar, because I feel like you guys especially took the time with me. Um, so I have that personal experience of you guys kind of like coaching me through trying to figure out what I like or giving recommendations. And, and I, I feel like I've learned so much, honestly, through, you know, station tap room and, and then bottle room afterwards. Um, just, you know, getting a, an, exp, uh, a, um, a schooling, you know what I mean? Lear- learning about the, uh, just everything that's out there. So uh, you guys do a fantastic job, and it's it's absolutely probably the best bar in uh, in Downingtown, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that. Um, one of the things that's a big deal to me is trying to eliminate pretension from from beer, and and also, you know, making it approachable and and not kind of bullshitting people. We want to give people the beer they're looking for, not the beer we want to sell. And those sometimes are you know two different things. Um, so, you know, I, I've stressed that to everybody that works there. Like, you know, talk to people, get to know what they're looking for. If you don't know what they're looking for, like Google search it. I don't care. Like, but yeah. don't like we're not force feeding beer to people. We want people to enjoy it. 
We want them to learn about it. We want them to feel comfortable. Uh, and we like our neighborhood feel and we, we, we don't want that to change. So I think the, treating people the way you're talking about is the way to do that. So yeah, we're, yeah, we're psyched. We get a lot of great guests that come in there. Great regular guests. And it's a, we couldn't be luckier. I can't imagine. We always say the best, best part about craft beer has always been the people. Like the beer tastes fantastic, but we've met incredible people. I've met incredible people at bottle room, other places. I can't imagine just since you've opened or, you know, helped open that place and, and are running it that. The, the amount of awesome people you've met. It's just got to be insane. But um, keep up the good work, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. So I guess we have to wrap it up, man. We got to wrap up this special Thanksgiving episode. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for being here, Carrie. We really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Pleasure. Absolutely. Seth, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks really for time. spending the time. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, if you took the time to listen, we really appreciate you. Uh, check out uh, you know me at CBD.com. Uh, use promo code MBN, mbnnetwork.com. Uh, check out all the shows. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have another episode before Christmas, right? I think we will. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got a couple more. Yeah, coming. you got like at least before two. Break. Nice. Yeah, two more, I think. All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah, hey. thank you guys so much for listening and for all the support that you've given us uh, this season uh, and, and everything else that we've been doing. Stay tuned. There's so much more coming. Uh, even before the end of the season. But yeah, season three is going to be crazy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, guys. Happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next time.